0: This week on the Snail Trail 4x4, Tyler and Jimmy put on their Land Rover pants. Welcome one, welcome all to the Snail Trail 4x4 podcast. If you like going off-roading, uh, with Toyotas and camping from Toyotas and wrenching on Toyotas, making fun of Toyotas and hearing about how awesome ASIN hubs are, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host today, Tyler, and sitting here with me on the other couch is the one, the only Mr. Jimmy Jet. And the crowd goes wild. Mr. Jimmy Jet, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. It's been a busy morning.
1: Uh got detoured early on today and
0: Is that when I got here pretty much?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I w- tried to get a bunch of things, smaller things done before you got here. Mm-hmm. And one of them took me like you were supposed to get here around 10. I was up around 8 to try to get um some small things done and That's one of them said. ended up being <laughs> like took a, I think you till about
0: noon. Yeah, twelve thirty. Yeah, it took a while, and And I don't think we still got it done. It was just kind of a temporary fix. (laughs) Yeah, it's not, it's not
1: done because I have to do a a edit video, um, tweak today. You get uh, to launch two
0: videos, a second video on almost the same thing. It'll be exciting. Yeah, so (laughs) so,
1: but it's the right thing to do. So
0: it is. Um. So before we get into that, we'll talk a little bit more about that just because um, I think it's worth it to give clarification because yeah. um, the the company you're working with um, kind of saw it as a negative thing. And I was like, no way. That's totally a positive thing. Like we should... That's... Uh, yeah so we'll get into it anyways right. but um for today's episode i've been doing great by the way thanks for asking um <laughs> uh, <laughs> today's episode of the snail trail 4x4 podcast is brought to you guys by you guys so today um thank you to all of our uh, patreon people i patrons pa- Patreons, patrons. patrons patrons do you guys now belong to us just fyi we are using the possessive it's the other form. way around we belong to them yeah. we've sold our soul <laughs> yeah so um huge thank you shout out goes to um the ones that have signed up recently are michael from pennsylvania we've got evan um and i can't like go through and click on all these and tell you where everybody's from so we got evan miss F- mr fergie fab um we got jeremy we got mike um fergie fab dustin thank you very much um mike we got um and mr sherpa who likes to go by tim is his uh, other name but we like sherpa so you're going to be called sherpa from here on out just fyi there's also evan 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 was there too oh that one off the list um big big shout out to evan because oh, yeah? he was the one that brought to our attention that the website contact form was not working. <laughs> right. Well, is
1: he the one that was like, Hey, I tried to contact yes. you guys and we're <laughs> yeah. like Ugh.
0: Yeah. So Evan, in case you're listening, which hopefully you are, um, you sent me down this big long wormhole, um, into fixing the contact forms on the website, and turns out those have never been working properly. And I went and looked, and we had a backlog of I don't know, there's maybe fifty, sixty, yeah, comments on there. There was a ton of spam, but um, I thought nobody liked me. Yeah, we just assumed <laughs> nobody liked Jimmy, so. Um, but yeah, so that was funny. So we officially have a nice big backlog of contacts on the website. So if you have contacted, um, Jimmy or myself, um, and had any hate mail, I'll let Jimmy answer those. But, um, if you had any like positive things, I'll go through and answer them. And so, no, but we literally have like a backlog since... May 2018, so like yeah. a year <laughs> worth of, of contacts on the website. So Yeah,
1: something happened um at some point where the email address on there wasn't forwarding the emails over. Yeah,
0: it wasn't ported correctly or something's going on. Something so.
1: happened, maybe the server changed or, you know, I'm not entirely sure and so I just wasn't getting those emails and people were contacting me else, you know, other ways and mm-hmm. so I wasn't too concerned with it, you know, yeah. yeah. But uh we've got it fixed um we got a temporary fix temporary which fix. is a solution for um for the most part but we are going to try to get it finally f- finalized fixed actually later today we're yeah. going to try to do that so
0: yeah so for now all the emails are going to jimmy mm-hmm. um so if you need to get a hold of me um, Send a paper airplane up into the cloud. It'll be great. Um, but otherwise. Well, I can message you at tyler <laughs>
1: at um, snailtrail4x4.com. It just, if you I go. Th- I was trying to get away oh. from messaging
0: <laughs> and responding to people.
1: But if you do it on, <laughs> through the contact form on the website, it goes to me.
0: Correct. So the contact form on the website will for now go to Jimmy. So if you guys uh, need to get a hold of me, you can put a contact form on the website and uh, our secretary will uh, get that over to me. You can also email Tyler at SnailTrail4x4.com. Um, you can also send an email straight to Jimmy at Jimmy at SnailTrail4x4.com. And then, of course, on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and everything like that. And then um, uh, Jimmy actually monitors the Snail Trail Instagram page. Um, mm-hmm. because he's afraid of the content i might post on there and then um- i told you i'd give you <laughs> the username password <laughs> so I'm you have up- too many you said you have to remove i would have to remove uh, an account, off account. account yeah
1: supposedly you can only have five <laughs> uh-huh. that you work for and you've got five and so if you do a snail trail one you're gonna have to get rid of one
0: that is true but one of them is my dog and so the fiance has kind of taken over that one because she didn't think I was doing a good enough job. <laughs> nah, that's funny. <laughs> so I might be able to delete that one. We'll see. Um, but yeah, you can get a hold of Jimmy there and me over at my off road radio on Instagram. So, um, if you have any questions, send them either way. Um, there's lots of different ways to get a hold of us, but oh, yeah. um, huge shout out to the, our new patrons who we have sold our soul to. So. Um, you guys, right now there's a one, two, three, four, five, six um way competition for the giveaway for a morphlate for the month of June. And so you have a one in six chance as of right now to win a morflate for ten dollars. Um, which is I think pretty cool. So it's hundred and eighty dollar value. Um and right now you're one in six odds, which are way better than Vegas, <laughs> way better than almost anything else in life that you're taking chances and odds on. So that's true. Um go check out the monthly giveaway for June here. We got a more flight going on. You sign up for that over on the Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash snail trail four X four. And then uh Jimmy, I actually picked up our july giveaway today as well yeah i know yeah uh, uh, i got i took a sneak peek at it you did take a sneak peek i'm excited yeah so we'll get into that a little bit later but um a couple of cool things that we got added to the patreon so by the time this episode airs you guys should see it there um one of the levels of the patreon is uh discounts at mm-hmm. certain vendors for certain things so um we have lined up for you guys um a bunch of different discounts one of them is uh 15% off for LED light pods, rock lights and recovery gear over at sidetrackedoffroad.com so um go check him out we also have what was it we got la what is it Lost fit? last fit last last fit
1: lights last fit lights they are mm-hmm. an upgrade light LED light system for um, newer gen tacomas and forerunners mm-hmm. um, and those are for like your headlights yeah, your fog headlights. lights like your
0: driving lights mm-hmm. stuff like
1: that and we got a 10% discount for those mm-hmm. and then we're also um, in discussion with uh, um, hardcore lighting. Mm-hmm. So we got a lot of lighting stuff going on right now. A lot now, of lighting but,
0: stuff set up for now.
1: Uh That one's in discussion. We're currently working with them to try to get a discount code.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um And then we're, I mean, we're going to be trying for countless amounts. Like hopefully we can get, you know, 10, 15 different types of discount codes out mm-hmm. there, if not more from everything from tires to wheels and engine parts and, you know, to suspension and just, you know, F for all different types of things. So, if you become a patron, I believe that's the $5 level. If you become a patron on that, you can just get discount codes for a lot of different places. And, mm-hmm. you know, for $5, you will definitely save $5. Yeah. So,
0: our goal is to be able to kind of um, hit every single category that you could get parts for on a vehicle um, and be able to have a discount for whatever parts you're looking for so Mm -hmm. whether it be engine performance stuff suspension stuff skid plates rock protection lighting gears um roof racks all every anything and everything that you could want for a vehicle we're going to try and make sure that we have a discount available for our patron members so um, we kind of hit up the lighting first because, you know, lights before lockers. And, <laughs> um, so we got those all set up for now. And, uh, we also have a 15% off code for more and ham radio classes online through my offered radio. And of course, I think we're doing the 20%. Is that correct, sir? On snail, snail trail? trail gear. So any kind of snail gear that you want, um, we have shirts, t-shirts, um, any of that swag stuff. Uh, as 20% off. So,
1: and you know, I I'm not opposed to making um other items of apparel if somebody has some suggestions, please let me know. Magnetic koozies. Yeah, you've been talking about that for a while. <laughs> Those are like the I was one talking about thing. hats or beanies or you know, I've actually had a few people comment that they want some kids apparel. Oh, interesting. So, that might be um something that might come down the tubes here. Well, you know, here. that cheeky
0: little snail would look great on an infant uh, onesie. Yeah. So...
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was funny, that kind of going in regards to that, uh, our buddy Mike Truck Norris uh, commented while he was at uh, Overland Expo West. Mm-hmm. He, he sent me a message. He said, you are right. The moms and little girls love the snail right
0: it's hilarious
1: <laughs> it's like the dads will walk by and be like this is cool and then the uh-huh. moms and the little girls will be like yay little stale and then take them which i'm not like i'm fine with that it's marketing one way yeah you know and the thing is that the the you know the moms and the little kids will be playing with it or showing it off or you know and then maybe ask the dad to put it on their rigs or something you yeah. know and it, it'll go one way or another but you know i just think it's funny that
0: that that genre kind of that generation loves it yeah so um yeah Uh, let us know what kind of gear you guys want what kind of snail gear you guys want and we'll look at making some for everybody Mm -hmm. um one of the goals for the top tier of our patreon account is kind of like a swag box um once or twice a year sorry once every half year so biannually is what we're going to call it um and so in that swag box we'll have of course, snail trail gear. We're also going to look at swag from other um, companies, kind of like one of those mail order boxes that you yeah, can exactly. order. So um check those out. Um, we got the tiers set up. We should have the discount code set up for that. Um Our, our $5 and up patrons um, by the time this episode releases. So thank you to you guys out there. And hopefully you guys see some value in what you're getting for uh, supporting snail trail. So um, other than that, we have, um, some things that we've been up to, um, mm-hmm. some shenanigans that we've been getting into. Yep. Um, the first one I want to throw out is, um, you know, last episode, we put out a challenge to the listeners. Oh, yeah. They performed. <laughs> they definitely <laughs> performed. My, my, um, email box got broken for a little bit there. So, um, and uh, everybody had great ideas. Um, I think, you know, one of my favorite suggestions, um, well, I guess before I tell you guys the solutions, what yeah. we did was, what was, was
1: the question? Yeah. What was the, the question?
0: challenge was, uh, we were looking for a device to spread metal, a mm-hmm. metal bracket, preferably like a suspension bracket spreader. Um, and I had an idea of what I wanted in my head at the time, right? But I couldn't figure out how to, make it an engineer. I was like completely over engineering and overthinking in my head. Um, so we put out the challenge to the listeners, to you guys out there, um, for some, who, who had the best idea to kind of match what I was thinking. And, um, a uh, few people hit it dead on. So the winner, uh, before we get to the winner, I'm going to say, uh, I think my favorites uh, runner up option okay. was the hydraulic spreader, um, yeah. which is pretty cool. It was on a hydraulic pump and came with a bunch of different add-ons that you could put in brackets and they were different lengths and the, the add-on had a little um, port on it so that when you pumped the hydraulic, it spread the spreader. Right. Um. And that was pretty cool I was like you know that's pretty awesome I think that would work really really well mm-hmm. but one of the things that we really like about the YouTube channel is that uh, we try and use as simple of tools as possible right so you know we,
1: we want somebody in their shop with shop basic shop tools to be able to do exactly this.
0: so mm-hmm. basic wrenches uh, screwdrivers everything's so, like we could go out and get a lift yeah but it's it's so much more i've thought about it a few times I know, right <laughs> i have to um and donating a lift to the snail trail shop um but we want to be able to show people how to do stuff to vehicles work on vehicles modify vehicles without plasma cutters and lifts and with simple tools that you can buy um for in your everyday garage kind of thing yeah. so your shade tree mechanic um so the, the tool that we ended up, uh, liking the best that, uh, definitely it was exactly what I was thinking of, but way simplified was essentially taking a thread all. Yeah. All thread. An all thread. Yeah. A thread, all thread, all, all thread. thread. Um, thread taking, all. taking it's a, a dyslexia.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Taking an all thread and, uh, putting it through the holes in the springer brackets with, a nuts on the inside yeah, some big
1: washers and nuts
0: some big washers and big nuts and then you just crank on the nuts with a wrench to spread the bracket um and so that was very simple uh, mm-hmm. i ended up pricing it out and it's like 10 to 15 bucks if that yeah. if that uh you depending know depending on the length of ace the, hardware right. or whatever depending on the all thread that you want to get the breaking strength of it and everything so um the winners of that um one of them was Tim, who was one of our patrons. He was mm-hmm. the um. Let's see, did we give his his alter ego name Cyberman
1: from Pennsylvania?
0: From Pennsylvania. Um. So Tim from Pennsylvania. He was uh not the first one to recommend that, but he was um he the email he sent in made me laugh really hard. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna read it. But um, the other guy that won it. Um. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the name. I didn't write it down, but um. Both of you guys, you won the digital gauge. So, congrats to you guys. Those shipped out a couple days ago. You should be receiving them soon. Um, but Tim, I'm going to read his email because yeah. I, just, I just started cracking up when I read it. So, he said, Tyler, you're looking at this all wrong as a Toyota owner, you're supposed to be trying to accomplish your mechanical challenges in the most economical and slightly questionable manner possible. Don't look for a tool. Make one. Only JL and JK owners buy the correct tool for the, for the job. <laughs> Scr- <laughs> scratch that. Only JL and JK owners pay someone for the correct tool to do the job. That's better. So, um, he said, find a bolt or buy one. Um, buy some strong thread. Um, thread all. See, he called it thread all. Yeah, oh, I've uh, always he called said- it all thread. He said, grade 8 or 10.9, that is close to the diameter of your shackle bolts and long enough to extend past the outside of the spring hanger, get some nuts and washers, assemble as in figure 1, and he had, like, drawings and everything. It was pretty impressive. Um, the rod goes through the hanger bolt holes. I'm sure you'll figure it out. As you turn the nuts apart, they will push on the hanger from the inside. Use wrenches to get the torque to push apart. And Mm -hmm. you can also use that setup to squeeze them together. Yeah. So, the same thing. Um... So, and then at the end, he said, he had another um, example, um, but it was essentially instead of the big washers, it was just a chunk of metal, right. a metal plate, essentially, which is the same thing as a washer. Mm-hmm. So, he said, also, no love for the FJ40 on today's list. Um, and he was talking about yeah, the... Yeah, the top 10. The top 10. Or the top picks. Or top, picks. top picks for the wheeling vehicles. What, yeah. five, right? Um, yeah. So, first off, Tim, Mr. Mr. Cyberman... Cyberman. Um we did mention the F J forty. We gave it an honorable mention for the the most um customizable vehicle at the end of the episode. So maybe you didn't listen to the full episode, in which case, shame on you. Um no, I'm just kidding. Um but yeah, we mentioned the F J forty. It's an awesome vehicle. Um it just stock it was not it was great at the time, but stock for today's standards, there's some better options out there.
1: Yeah. You know we I had a few people or um Right in and say what about the fj cruiser
0: no <laughs>
1: <laughs> well we you know we don't came, we
0: don't talk about the red-headed stepchild uh, in stepchild family so
1: it came with um a beefy engine it had a rear mm. locker okay its air intake was actually quite high that uh, is true it did have a very high intake um and so for the most part i mean i it would be up there on my um mudding vehicles actually
0: oh really yeah didn't those come stock with snorkels as well um, some of them I don't know. I thought ex- I thought one of the models did. I'm not sure.
1: Um, we did have a, a listener write in and explain like thoroughly write out how wonderful the FJ oh, cruisers really? are, <laughs> and um, and but and to his like he was pointing out all the things that are easy to upgrade on it, uh-huh. and um, you know it's how it's easy to push the axles a little bit forward and put bigger tires and things of all this nature, and really are... and I just want to state that our list for the top mud sand slash snow Mm -hmm. um, rock crawling and whatever, what was the other one? Overlanding Mm -hmm. was primarily mainly stock. Yeah. So it wasn't no modifications to it. Mm -hmm. So I think as a non modified vehicle, it, it, probably wouldn't make the list but if you i mean those things modded out are pretty cool
0: they're very impressive modded out i yeah. think that they're still a slightly heavy mm-hmm. for what my would like i like to go with lighter weight builds lighter yeah. weight wheeling trucks but i'm also super into rock crawling and snow wheeling so mm-hmm.
1: um yeah you like the lightweight because in I the do. snow it, you actually float
0: i do it's awesome instead of
1: plow through on
0: my balloon tires yeah <laughs> No, um, 530 Motorsports. If you look at, uh, mm-hmm. check out Josh on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, he has the FJ Cruiser that's on 49 inch IROX right now. Yeah. Um, did you see he lowered it? He did lower it, yeah. And he pushed the axles way back and way pushed, forward. Yep. But it looks so good. Yeah, and he <laughs> redid the whole engine compartment, put a, a tube frame around the engine compartment, yeah. and he now has the back end tubed out as well. Oh, really? So it's pretty much like the quarter panels and the top of an FJ cruiser yeah. and then <laughs> this front buggy tube chassis for the engine in the rear. It so looks awesome. It does look freaking awesome. So hats off to him. He uh, posted today. There was a, uh, the other FJ cruiser that comes in the shop. I forget the tag for, it, but it's this dark green one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on 42, 41 yeah. inch pit bulls, I believe. Okay. And it looks tiny next to his, <laughs> and it's the same vehicle. And I was just like, wow, it's impressive. Wow. Um, but yeah, FJ Cruisers, they can be built really awesome. It just takes a lot to do it. But man, if you can do it, they are impressive. Yeah, definitely. So um, another quick, maybe not so quick asterisk. Okay. Um. So last episode, we talked a little bit about my um, drive in the gladiator, my test drive.
1: Yeah. I was wondering if you were going to touch on this.
0: Yeah. So, um, I have to, because I gave some incorrect information out there, which turns out, um, from my information, I thought it was correct, but, um, the gladiator does not come with a 2.0 four cylinder turbo engine, right? Um, and I called and confirmed with the dealer. I looked on jeep.com today. So, um, a buddy of mine, Chris, who listens to the episode, he wrote in, I'm not going to read his email. It's a little long and winded, but, um, he likes to go into details about stuff, which is awesome. Um, but he kind of pointed out that, um, there's no way it could have been the four cylinder engine. So I was Mm -hmm. I looked it up and sure enough, all the gladiators come with a 3.6 penistar in it. Right. Um, which is weird because I got that engine off of the sale sheet in the window. Right. Of the gladiator, which means the dealer did not print it out correctly.
1: Right. And I thought it was funny because I was actually in the car today when you called the dealer. I was oh, yeah. like, call the dealer and see <laughs> yeah. what he, see what he's, <laughs> you know, see what they say. And I, I, I didn't overhear, I couldn't hear him, but I could just hear you. Mm-hmm. And I think he said something along that, like, I'm here at the rig right now. Yeah. And then you said, well, does the window sticker say, that it has the four-cylinder, uh-huh. and he's like, well, none of them come with the four-cylinder. Yeah. He didn't actually ever say that. No. <laughs> the, what the window sticker said. Yeah. I think he was, like, purposefully avoiding that. I think he was, too, yeah. <laughs> but um he was definitely bouncing around what the window sticker said, so. <laughs> yeah, but besides the fact, none of them come with that.
0: Yeah, so none of the models, none of the Gladiator models, there's four different models, come with the four-cylinder turbo engine right. in it. Um, there are talks about it getting the three liter turbo diesel Mm -hmm. in 2021 or maybe, um, but we'll see if that ends up showing up in California or not due to California's, um, fantastic smog laws. I
1: hope it does.
0: I hope it does too. I'm literally, I think if the Gladiator got that engine, it would be amazing. Yeah. Um, but so, the, which brings it kind of back to it. Um, two of my big issues with the Gladiator when I test drove it was the performance on the road, the mm-hmm. the, the power performance of it, um, and the rear seat. Right. Which so, is funny because we went
1: <laughs> last episode when we were talking, you were talking about how the power performance wasn't that great. But, you know, maybe if you had the V6 one, it would uh-huh. be a lot better. Yeah. And, and, and it I'm, turns I'm, out it
0: might have been, it so, was the V6 one. Yeah. So now so. I'm even more disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a, the, it was the V6 that I apparently test drove. And, you know, I thought maybe the V6 would be a little better. So now that, even that I know that's the V6, I'm even a little more disappointed in the right. Gladiator. And um, then you
1: did jump in my backseat of my Tacoma I did. today.
0: Yep. Because I remember because Chris, my buddy in the email, he told me that, you know, it's interesting that I thought the backseat in the Gladiator was too small mm-hmm. because the Gladiator supposedly has best in class rear leg room or leg room which class quote, unquote, is it in that's a good question i don't know <laughs> i would assume it's in the same class as tacoma um the colorado zr2s the yeah. sierra gmc uh, the gmc canyons the um the ford ranger that class yeah they are the mid-size quote-unquote pickups um and i went and sat in the backseat of your tacoma and i felt far more comfortable like yeah. i felt and I'm, I'm six foot four you didn't so, look comfortable I don't know if I could take like a 6 hour road trip in the back seat of the of, the, of your Tacoma yeah. but it was better than the Gladiator. Yeah. Sitting in the back seat of the Gladiator reminded me of when we sat in the back seat of the Lamar build. Right. On the the when we went and tested the crawl ratio down the street yeah. with Jeff. That was fun. It was fun, but I felt crammed in the back of that seat. Right. I, I felt crammed in the back of the Gladiator. So. I think it was
1: hilarious that we jumped inside the rig to test the crawl <laughs> ratio. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> we could have just
0: walked alongside or yeah. something. Um, but yeah, so I don't know what they're measuring best in class legroom. if that's the measurement between like the seat and the seat, like the, the seat you're sitting on the bench and the seat in front of you. Yeah. In which case, I did feel like the Tacoma's bench was a deeper bench. Okay. So I don't know if that had any play in it from so the gladiators, m- maybe there's
1: know. a difference between where the bench ends and the seats sort of begin. That's kind of what I'm Or compared wondering. to the be- like bench length. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you can have a ton of room and have a short bench. You yeah. can shrink that bench up a lot and then it creates a lot of leg room. Yeah. You know, but you're not going to have a comfy rear end. Yeah. Um
0: I have a comfy rear end. <laughs> <sorry>.
1: <laughs> but uh you know, yeah, I don't I'm not sure how it all lays out, you know. Yeah, I'd like next to next time you go there, you know, pull out the tape measure.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll have the the dealer all have him give him the the dumb end and say, "Here, take the dumb end while I measure this." Yeah. <laughs> let's see what they see say. how it works. Um, what is the actual ca- cushion cushion yeah.
1: like <laughs> when you pull the seat all the way back, well, how far is it from the base of the rear seat gonna- to the front uh <laughs> the, ba- the rear of the front seat? And let's push the seat all the way forward. What's that distance? How
0: far does the seat? move? <laughs> yeah. They're going to hate me. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to walk up and then be like, God, this guy that kept us here after closing to lay under yeah. and look at the axles and ask questions about the 4x4 module. <laughs> um, so anyway, so that's my update on the Gladiator thing. So just FYI, everybody out there, the Gladiator does not come with the four-cylinder turbo, only the 3.6 Pentastar. Um, still, I think your Tacoma has way better performance um, in terms of acceleration and braking and everything than the Gladiator
1: did. Was the Gladiator... <laughs> in like um built up in any way like bigger tires or um did have a lift or no. any other modifications
0: nope completely stock it just had a twelve thousand dollar dealer markup on it that was sure it. i
1: yeah. wonder what the what tire do you have any idea of what tire size were on there it
0: looked like 30s yeah 29 to 31 that's about somewhere. what i have on my tacoma mm-hmm. so huh. the only difference mainly i mean because your tacoma is the 3.5 right uh, yeah. The 3.5 3.
1: or 3.6 cylinder.
0: Um, so the know. engines are very, very similar. The, the 3. Gladiator 5. theoretically has better gearing. Yeah. But it's an automatic. It's a 411, isn't it? I In believe the axles. so. And I think yeah.
1: I have three 7.3s. Yep. Um, so yeah, I would, I, I would know.
0: imagine with that engine and the gearing, the Gladiator would have beat the performance of the Tacoma. But your Tacoma is a manual, and the Gladiator was an automatic. So I don't know if yeah. that had yeah. a huge. Automatics in are it.
1: getting good these days, though. That's
0: what I would think, but I don't know. I just I was not impressed. Yeah. Unfortunately, I really wanted to be too because I. If you guys go back and listen to our previous podcast when we talked about the Gladiator, I don't remember what episode it was. Don't even ask. I think it was last episode, wasn't it? Um. No our uh, our previous podcast before Snow uh, Trail. Yeah. Um, if you go, if you had listened to that episode of followed us over to snail trail from the previous podcast, um, I was pretty excited about the gladiator mm-hmm. when we were sitting down talking about it. Yeah. Um, and I really wanted to like it and I, I came off disappointed. So, you know, I was watching, uh, a, I was watching a YouTube video. Go figure yeah. you.
1: Yeah. No And, way. um, it was Terraflex. Uh-huh. was doing a comparison of the Gladiator versus the Tacoma. Oh, yeah? Uh, and they had both had uh, Falcon shocks lift on it. Okay. Um, and that's all the modifications that I know they did, but they mm-hmm. they were lifted and they had bigger tires, um, and that's about all that I could tell. They didn't explain. They just said, you know, it was like Terraflex with our Falcon lifts, you know, and they okay. were comparing the two. And uh, they didn't dig on one of them, but they definitely favored the Gladiator by far, huh. you know, and okay. they were like... You know, just talking about how it's It actually, they were saying it, you know, it has better numbers, you know, it has mm-hmm. more horsepower, has more torque, it has a better towing capacity and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff along those lines. Um, I don't remember, but I, th- I, th- I, know that it has a better approach angle, but I don't think it has a better departure angle.
0: I don't think it does either, but I thought that the departure angles were like so close. Yeah. They're like less than a degree apart. Yeah, they're like pretty that, close. That it was negligible yeah. in the departure. So,
1: um, and then they were, it was interesting because they were comparing, the um, four door short bed Tacoma to the mm-hmm. Gladiator, yeah. and mm-hmm. the the wheelbases are about ten inches difference on those. Interesting, because the, the Gladiator's the, longer, huh? Yeah, the Gladiator's um one hundred and thirty seven.
0: Oh, that's pretty like that. close to the dual cab long bed. Yeah, Tacoma's. the dual
1: cab long bed is one hundred and thirty eight. Interesting, and right. so the dual cab long bed and the Gladiator are pretty close to length, mm. um, where the short bed um, Tacoma is one hundred and twenty seven it's 124
0: no. i think
1: no it's i think it's 27 27 okay. it's longer than bobcat okay so um and bobcats around 124 okay but it's about the same as bobcat okay um so uh i don't know it was just you know interesting to watch this little video and yeah. they didn't really harp negative on either one of the video or either one of the rigs uh-huh. um but they did speak highly of the gladiator yeah
0: I mean, so. uh, granted, I think that the the accessories options inside the Gladiator... Yeah. Amenities, or I think, the are The amenities better. are a little bit better. Um, we talked about it on the last episode. I, I wasn't a fan of the seats. I like the seats in the Tacoma yeah. way better than the Gladiator. Um, what is
1: What amenities does the Gladiator have that the Tacoma doesn't?
0: The main thing is the accessory switches. Okay. Um, it has four accessory switches that you can wire stuff into, like an S pod or, uh, um, so it just Switch has Pro switches
1: something. that don't do anything until you wire them in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they They, they light up when you, when you flip them. <laughs> That's silly. <laughs> um, it does have a front locker. Yeah. The Rubicon. Yep. Um, has the front locker on it, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, stock. Um, but other than that, the Tacoma does have the, the cell phone charging. Yeah. Wireless built charger. Into it. The wireless charger, which mm-hmm. is really nice, except That's, that when your phone's down there, you can't use it for maps it or, and everything. Yeah. Um, you
1: don't know, mind on in that to, in regards to that, and it might be my phone because my phone is a little funky. But uh, it's a little it's a Monday phone or something, <laughs> whatever, a yellow phone. But uh-huh. uh, um, it will. Ch- it's enough of a charge to not let it drain, but it's not enough of a real charge to f- charge the vehicle to charge it up yeah or, charge or to the charge phone. the phone interesting um if i put turn my phone off uh-huh. it will ch- um, raise the charge okay but the phone like but if the phone's on and it's not in airplane mode and it's doing normal mm-hmm. doing its normal thing it doesn't it m- barely it will raise the charge if it does interesting and, um and it, i don't know whether it's my phone or the or the truck but um it oh, like gets really hot uh-huh. down there yeah and the charging turns off yeah and so uh and then it'll like start blinking at me <laughs> and it'll say like we're not charging anymore because you know it the induction charging got too hot mm-hmm. and so um i don't i have induction charging like at my house mm-hmm. um and i don't have that problem hmm. um so i don't know if it's a thing with that charging unit or where you know of or that device you know or my phone and that device uh-huh. um but I don't have a case on it, you know, uh, and that, so I'm like as bare phone as you can get straight yeah. down to the you know, into the charger, but it doesn't, it doesn't really work all that great.
0: Mm. I'm curious if anybody else have a, has that issue. Yeah. If it's cause you do have a funky phone. <laughs> yeah. My, and so, like, I don't know if it's the phone or the charger. That my
1: plug doesn't work on my phone <laughs> for, I don't know. Like it just, I don't, I don't know what happened Did to it. Did you
0: get gear oil in it? Probably
1: <laughs> something <laughs> dirt and grime from pocket lint or yeah. something, you know, I don't, I'm not sure. So I can't charge this phone with the cable mm-hmm. and I so can't you have to do it induction. So charger? I have to do it induction okay and so um i actually carry like an induction charger with me if i'm going out places yeah (laughs) and i will use an inverter or the inverter to charge the phone if i'm overnighting it okay um that or i'll turn if i'm going somewhere where i don't really have cell phone reception i'll just turn the phone off because i don't have reception anyway but um yeah, it doesn't, I don't have that big of a benefit. For
0: I that. need to send you a link to my car chargers that I use in my Forerunner, my Rav 4. Mm-hmm. They're induction ones. Um, and they're like the ones you put the phone in, the whole thing, the brackets close automatically. Yeah. Um, so it's all induction. Um, and it works great. Hmm. So it holds the phone pretty secure when I'm on the trails bouncing around to you. Yeah. Surprisingly.
1: All right. I'll laugh. Yeah. I don't really ever use my phone on the trail besides to take some photos. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually I'll carry a little tablet if I'm doing a map. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I use my phone to take photos, um, and then maybe play some music.
0: Yeah. I use mine to play music and, uh, control my rock lights, my party lights.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, and I don't, when I'm in Bobcat, I don't even really
0: play music that much. Mm -hmm. So speaking of Bobcat, that's a, that's a great segue. Good thing you brought him up. Um, Bobcat is still on a stilt. Yes. A pogo stand in the shop. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so we know that you're kind of redoing the whole rear end. You're beefing up the axle. You're redoing the suspension, putting a new third member in, everything. So, how Mm -hmm. far have you gotten now? What's your progress report on So,
1: um, I've taken off the rear leafs. I don't remember what we talked about last week, but I taken off mm-hmm. the rear leaf springs the stock ones. Mm-hmm. Um dropped the axle, you know, took all the tires and everything off. Um dropped the axle out, taken off the rear leafs and then I um have now did like cut off the spring hanger perches and um cut them off completely and then ground them down so that's a uh, smooth frame. Okay. Um and then I started cleaning up my axle housing um, because I was going to clean it up and paint it and, you know, make it all pretty. um, And I'm going to do some upgrades to the axle housing. Um, And while I was doing this, I found two fairly major cracks. Yeah. (laughs) um, Where the spring perch hits the axle on the front side of the axle on both sides. I have Mm -hmm. cracks that go um, from the end of the, you know, each end of the individual perch and maybe an inch or so past the perch. Uh-huh. Um, you know and there, and I mean I didn't really ever notice any oil leaking out of them. Uh-huh. But there was like a solid quarter inch of muck on the axle. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know if it just was a very extremely slow leak and the, um, the muck, like clogged the holes. Oh, yeah. Or anything, but, um, yeah, so luckily I, uh, phoned a friend and said, hey, is this, you know, can we fix this? Is this something we can do? You know, pop a hole and grind it down and weld it up, which I'm sure it is. And he's like, yeah, you know, we, we could mm-hmm. probably do that. But nice. I, I've got a free housing if you want one.
0: <laughs> so,
1: nice. I was like, sweet. He's like, yeah, I just want the, th- it's a whole axle. I just want the axle shafts and the third member out of it, but you can have the housing. Yeah. And I was like, Awesome. Nice. And so yeah, I went over yesterday and picked it up and you actually helped me move it out of Lloyd mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. which a uh, slightly funny story in regards to that when I was driving yeah. home. It- yeah.
0: What happened there with <laughs> with the axle in the back end of Lloyd? Uh- um,
1: when I, I took a corner <laughs> uh-huh. and it rolled
0: uh-huh.
1: back a little bit. And it rolled, um, it flipped Lloyd the, rolled? no, 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 the, the <laughs> axle rolled oh, okay. in the bed of Lloyd uh-huh. and it rolled the third member from just one side to the other. Uh-huh. And then it didn't roll since it didn't roll anymore, uh-huh. but I was, I was like, oh crap, you know, that rolled. So I, I better be careful. Uh-huh. So I was driving a little bit more conservatively. Um, and then when I got home, I was like, well, you know, my nomads aren't here, so nobody can really help me unload mm-hmm. the third or unload the axle. You know, I guess I could call my brother or my dad, but Tyler's coming over tomorrow, so I'll just have him give me a hand. So yep. I so I left the axle in the bed of the truck all night. and then I'm glad I can be physical labor for you. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> it. And then uh, after we went out to lunch and we were walking back to the shop, I noticed a small little pool of gear oil underneath Lloyd where there shouldn't be any gear oil coming out.
0: Yeah, and it was like at first I came around the corner and Jimmy's just going, Oh, no. Oh, no. And I was like what is going on over there? And I come around the corner and there's a gear of uh, a pool of gear oil. And I was like, like it was uh, like below
1: the exhaust pipe. Yeah. And I was like, kind of What? what is <laughs> so going like, what? on? And I explained <laughs> that the, I have the axle in the bed of the truck and it rolled over and you're like, yeah, but where's
0: the gear oil coming out? I'm like, it's coming out of the vent tube. Yeah. And I didn't like, realize that it was upside oh. down at first. And I was like, <laughs> I don't see where it's leaking from. What the hell is going on?
1: Yeah. And so the, that whole axle drained all in the back, back of Lloyd and, <laughs> a little bit on my uh, pad out in front of my shop yeah um but we got it we got it taken care of lifted okay. it out we'll have dave
0: uh, come back over and pressure wash pressure, the pad yeah out.
1: yeah that'd be,
0: <laughs> hey dave you missed a spot yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so um oh well yeah. Oh well. Yeah, well, I was going to take it apart anyway, so the oil had to be drained one way
0: or another. We did learn <laughs> a, a clever, a fun thing out of this experience, though. Uh, did we? Gear oil makes things nice and shiny. Oh we yeah, down.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, as you all know, I'm planning on selling Lloyd here soon, and the back quarter section of yeah. the bed of Lloyd right now is super
0: clean. Yeah. <laughs> so we were joking around. I was like, "Well, before you sell this, we need to just dump gear oil through the whole bed here, just yeah, wipe it all just down wipe it all and down look, and make fantastic. it shiny." Yeah. It's not a bad idea. <laughs>
1: yeah. Or I could wash it.
0: Eh. <laughs> eh. Whatever. Take the easy route out. Mm-hmm. Um, so cool. So you got Bobcat. You're going to put a new axle in him.
1: Yeah. This, well, new axle mm-hmm. housing. <laughs> new axle housing. Um, okay. And then all of the same old guts that it had. Mm-hmm. Um, new third member. And then um, I'm doing disc brake conversion. Nice. I've been talking to a few people. Um, and maybe some of our listeners have an idea on how to do this. But um, a few people have told me that there are... Um, calipers that will also be act as e-brakes. Yeah. And you were talking about a Subaru one. Supra. Oh, Supra. Yeah. Okay. Cause I contacted my friend that works at, um, AutoZone and I was like, Hey, is there a Subaru axle or caliper that will allow me to still run cable Mm -hmm. as, um, you know, for an e-brake? And Mm -hmm. she was like, no <laughs> she's like that some of them will work um like there's a small drum break in Inside the disc brake area disc and i was like yeah some forerunners are like that and probably the probably the second gen tacomas i'm not sure yeah and i was like that would be cool but i don't i don't have that axle mm-hmm. um all right so i'll look at the supra
0: yeah supra I'll look into the Toyota supra uh, but if, rear disc brakes
1: yeah so if anybody else has any other ideas please let me know um I'm not really trying to avoid um, a line lock or a mechanical, like, transmission lock. I Mm -hmm. just, I'm curious what other options are out there to allow me to run an e-brake still uh, when I do my disc brakes in the rear. Um, I think I've also kind of touched on before that I'm going to try and, um, I might do the Tundra um, discs and calipers up front. Uh um, And I am going to upgrade the brake booster to the T-100 Oh, nice. And so yeah. I've always had problems with Bobcat's brakes, and I'm going as far down this rabbit hole right now yeah. <laughs> and try to fix its brakes. And well, it's funny.
0: It we need to have best. a big brake weekend then because um, the Forerunner, when I brake, it pulls to the right pretty heavily. So I think I need to redo my front brakes, and my rear brakes don't bleed. What? So something's okay, yeah, jammed up, and I think my 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 load sensing sensing proportioning valve, the LSPV in the rear, mm-hmm. um, is clogged up, or something's going on with that. So I need to get one of those bypass manual valves. Yeah, you should get the kind that I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that thing's really cool. You can just turn the valve and set it manually. Yep, it's nice.
0: Yeah. So I'm thinking about doing that, and then getting the um the Speedway Motors brake mm-hmm. kits that you put on uh, Bobcat on yeah. the trail, and I was yeah. like. Those are just, they're so clean. They work, they look they're, like they're they great. work really well. they so.
1: um, You're still going to run a bunch of hardline if you're going to, I mean, if you want to run new hardline, but running the, those Speedway ones from, mm-hmm. from like the hardline that pops out at the frame to down the to the caliper would be perfect.
0: I think a lot of my issue is, is that from the, the frame, the hardline at the frame to the caliper, there's another hardline coming out of the caliper mm-hmm. and it like does this loop de loop. Yeah. So I don't think that the driver's side is bleeding properly because of that loop-de-loop. So I want to get rid of the hard line at the caliper and sure. just go straight from the hard line on the frame directly yeah. into the caliper. You know,
1: um, I mean, this is the first time we're talking about this, but uh, mm-hmm. one of the one time I was having a hard time with, and I was breaking hard one direction, mm-hmm. um, and that whole caliper went out. I like... Oh, really? The, yeah, it wasn't working at all. Huh. And it might be because you don't have fluid there, right? Yeah. Um, but it also might be that the caliper just broke and huh. does isn't working for some reason you only have one tire yeah. but that it right it when you hit the brakes it turn, cranks hard one way yeah it's not like oh it's a l- pulling a little bit <laughs> no it's like it you know wants it's, to throw you off the road
0: it's true if i break hard it tries to throw me off the road even with the hydro assist hmm i wonder so, if you have a caliper
1: out maybe. or if it's just not bled properly yeah we'll look at it i mean yeah sure Check let's have a break party
0: <laughs> break party <laughs> um so, speaking of hydro-assist, yeah. um, I got to go up this last weekend to uh, Bear Valley OHV Trail yeah. outside of Truckee and test out my hydro-assist. H- was there snow? There was no snow, but I was on the lower loop and in the meadow, which is kind of the middle section. Mm-hmm. I did not go up and do the upper loop, which is supposedly kind of on the backside. Yeah. um, So, there might be some snow up there, but the... Uh, the club that maintains that trail mm-hmm. was up there doing their maintenance, okay. and supposedly they came all the way through the upper loop and did the lower loop, Okay. and it ran into me while I was um, helping to maintain the lower loop this weekend for Sierra Trek, so... Oh, cool. Um, They didn't make any mention of snow or say that it was impassable or anyway. Um, I ran into a couple of buggies, Toyota buggies Mm -hmm. that came through the rock garden section, which is up on the upper loop and they didn't make any mention of snow. Okay. So, um, I'll be going back up this weekend for father's day. Yeah. I'm taking my dad up since his rig is in the shop, getting a new transmission, um, with Marlin. So can I use his rear axle while he's down? (laughs) I wish (laughs) I'm going to use it, man. Um, that's an eight inch diamond with, uh, the ARBs and everything. So, um but yeah his rig is in the shop so he'll be riding along and shotgun in the forerunner so pretty much i'm just gonna yell at him to run my winch lines and everything if i ever need him throughout the day
1: i would do it anyway i'm just
0: gonna have him get out and unlock and lock my hubs for me there you go
1: (laughs) i would like put yourself in two-wheel drive
0: Mm -hmm. and be like i'm stuck i (laughs) need you to winch me to that tree (laughs) go go dad (laughs) <laughs> that'd be funny um so yeah i'll be up at bear valley this weekend it'll be fun if you guys are up in the area um and you see me on the trail stop and say hi i might have some stickers on me we'll see um regardless though let's get back regardless, to the point. So The hydro assist yeah. worked awesome good it was amazing until i lost it <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> yeah you lost it i lost the hydro assist how what happened? The the ram, so you know the bolt that goes into the clamp and yeah. attaches to the end of the ram, the heim on the end of the ram? Okay. Um, the ram pulled the bolt. It ripped it out of the clamp. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. So, I was going along and I was like, man, my steering is really touchy all of a sudden. It was like bouncing all over the place. And like, I was going down the trail, like holding it with my thumb and my index finger, just lounging back in the seat. Yeah. Going down the trail, going over rocks and everything. is no problem. And all of a sudden, it started getting really twitchy. And I was like, what the heck is going on? So, we stopped to um pull out the chainsaws and clear some manzanita. And I looked under the rig real quick and the ram wasn't connected to the clamp anymore. And I was like, what the... What is good? I looked at it and I sat under the rig for a little while and the bolt was still in the ram though, which is nice. So I pulled the bolt out and looked at it and the bottom two to three threads had been rolled over and the threads from in the clamp were ripped out and they were in the threads on the bolt. Holy cow. So um, it completely ripped the threads out of the clamp. Okay. Um. But because the last two to three threads were messed up on the bolt, I'm can- thinking that what happened was through all the jostling on the trail, because I never aired down, I think because of all the jostling, um, the bolt had backed out for some reason. And we torqued that thing down when yeah. you and I did it. So I think the bolt backed out just enough to where it... To strip it out. Stripped it out. Interesting. So
1: weld on new- the... Lu- the section?
0: Luckily, the clamp has a hole on either side. Okay. So, once I got back to camp, I took right. the clamp off, rotated it around the tie rod, and uh-huh. used the other hole to put the bolt back in. And my buddy that was with us, he's the president of our club, John. Um, He's a, an amazing fabricator, like master welder and everything. Yeah. Um, he showed me a trick for filing the threads on a bolt to correct threads. Okay. If you strip or screw up threads on mm-hmm. a, a bolt. So, um, we did that. We got it and we were able to get the, the bolt to thread back into the clamp. Oh, the, nice. The, good, the only good hole in the clamp. So, yeah. after we did that, um, he went and laid down because we were both beat up from chainsawing for 12 hours. Um, and so, I had to sit there and reset everything on my own. Yeah. Which was very interesting to do, um, because I had to put the wheel, the tire and steering at full lock. Right. One direction. Uh huh. Um, in order to clamp the clamp on the tie rod and, right. And attach and everything it. together. Sure. Um, so what I ended up having to do was because you pulled at full lock and then it'll rebound a tiny bit mm-hmm. as I can't do that. I have to have full lock. So I found, I pulled a, some paracord out of my toolbox, tied my steering wheel at full lock to my slider outside the door <laughs> <laughs> with the paracord <laughs> okay, and then laid under the rig and attached everything. Um, and got everything set up all with the engine on. So it was like hot underneath the rig, yeah. and I'm right there next to the exhaust. And, um, but after I did it, I got it all set up and then I um, went for a test drive and it was great. It ended up being positioned perfectly. I could go full lock to full lock and oh, make so tight U-turns. Um, and it got rid of, I set the, the clamp up a little more. Okay. On the, I rotated it upwards mm-hmm. a little bit more mm-hmm. on the tie rod. Um, so th- I was worried about the Ram being at too much of an angle, but it was still within what the Himes would allow it to be. Yeah. And for some reason, I don't know if it's that setting or what, but I have less of a suspension wobble. Oh, wow. In that okay. setting. So I, I don't know if it's just putting just enough strain in the right angle. I don't know what it is. Huh. But um, I'm really well, happy good. with the way it turned out. And hopefully I don't strip that one. I dunked the bolt in um, um, Loctite. Loctite. Nice. So I just dumped Loctite all over the bolt and then put it into the clamp so hopefully um, it won't do that anymore. But we'll see. I'm kind of concerned about that now so I'm like, let's put a couple of tack welds on it and just (laughs) to make sure it doesn't really go anywhere. (laughs) You're never going to get it out. Yeah. But I was so disappointed when I lost the hydro assist. I was like, this sucks. This is terrible now. I hate this. So you didn't
1: air down but so did you do any like more extreme wheeling?
0: No, not the lower loop. The lower loop is just really steep Okay, is all it really is. There's no real um, rock ledges or, or rock gardens or anything. It's just really steep. Yeah. Um, and the 4Runner does steep really well because of all my gearing. So right. um, it was no problem whatsoever. Okay. I needed, never needed the lockers. I was almost able to do it in two-wheel drive. Sure. Um, but we had a couple of other stock Toyotas with us. Um, that did it just fine completely ah, stopped it. So, so
1: you really haven't tested it out when you're up like up at a not, crazy articulation and somebody goes you need to turn driver and you're like <laughs> no and you're yet. already a hard passenger and you're like it's it's so amazing when you're with hydro assist and then you turn you cr- you can crank it all the way driver yeah and you know on a normal time you're like that would never happen mm-hmm. you know and the first time you do it you're like oh my gosh yeah. why didn't i do this earlier <laughs> with lockers this on and everything yeah, yeah lockers on yeah. and everything
0: Yep. Yeah. So, but so far, I'm like, this is one of the best upgrades I've ever put on the Forerunner. Mm-hmm. I should have done this two years ago, two mm-hmm. and a half, when I got the Forerunner. I highly, I highly so. recommend it. If anybody does any kind of rocks out there, um, do Hydro Assist. Yeah. We had it a list nice Um,
1: Somebody messaged, I think it was on my Instagram account. Mm-hmm. Um uh or maybe it was on a YouTube video a comment on the YouTube. Um and he was saying that he has a forerunner and he um an uh, eighty eight forerunner and he was considering doing uh hydro assist mm-hmm. and was, you know, I had to be like, Do you have a solid front axle? Do you have mm-hmm. you know what size tires are you running and all this? And it made sense, you know, like it wasn't like, oh, I've got independent front suspension of thirty threes. Yeah. You know, but um a lot of it comes down to uh, you know, what are you doing with your rig? You yeah. know, because he's like, oh, I'm daily driving it, and I'm like, well, and how often do you go wheeling or how often do you rock crawl? And he's like, almost never. I'm like, well, you don't really need it. Like, yeah. I mean, it's great. It's really nice to have, and it'll stop some bump steer and mm-hmm. um or some death wobble and things of that nature. But if you're not, you know, it's not an upgrade worth doing if you're not gonna use that feature yeah. yeah you know it's like if i'm driving on the road all the time i don't need lockers yeah you know, like <laughs> oh, you know it's like oh there's some serious paved hills out here
0: yeah <laughs> you know, Well i don't I've know. got some to, of the, some of the roads in california some of the highways yeah. in the bay area you need lockers to get through yeah so. well you know i don't want to get high centered on one of
1: those uh speed bumps in the um, mall parking lot
0: with brennan yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or with uh chris's chris's barbie jeep yeah yeah, yeah the barbie yj um it's our buddies over at wheeling wine and whiskey so did you see their post today yeah i'm glad the the chevy Crusherado. yeah (laughs) glad he's okay yeah me too that was gnarly um he i was talking with him after it happened and he has um bruising across his chest Mm -hmm. and abdomen from the Mm seatbelt. so um i
1: didn't see or talk to him did you do you know if the airbag went off
0: um, I think, I'm pretty sure it did. Yeah. Um, I didn't, he didn't say anything about it, but I thought I saw it in one of the pictures that they sent me.
1: Yeah. Oh, I don't so. know. Yeah. I wonder if he got any burns from that.
0: Uh, I don't know. Good I question. got it when
1: I got in, when I T-boned the minivan and knocked it on its side. <laughs> um, all my fault, but, uh. I had the airbag go off and I had a little bit of uh, burns from the airbag. Yeah. Nice. But that was about it. So well, cool. yeah,
0: I'm glad Chris is okay. Yeah, me too. I'm glad, glad he's okay. He said the laptop survived so they can still continue doing a podcast. Nice. <laughs> Good. Um, Which is too bad. I'm getting tired of listening to those guys. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, they're really awesome. Go over and listen to them. Check them out. Wheeling Wine and Whiskey. They, talk, they just had another episode released this morning. Um, which we are recording on a Tuesday Yep, today's Tuesday, Tuesday. Um, So go check it out They talk a little bit about a new whiskey So they've been hitting a bunch of wines lately And um, they talked about a new whiskey today Ooh, So I haven't
1: listened to the episode yet But I am a fan of whiskey And my supplies are actually running low
0: They also called me a 12 year old So, because I like Fireball. <laughs>
1: Oh <laughs> well, yeah, I called you earlier day, You're like Sprite and Fireball, That's love it. I'm like, oh my gosh, who you and my Nomad love Fireball, and <laughs> yep. I'm like, no way.
0: It's the I've, best terrible stuff for you, other than McDonald's French fries. You know,
1: but I've I've also never ever been a fan of cinnamon. Oh really? Yeah, I'm not. Well, a that's cin- what your like, issue I like is. Cinnamon, it's nothing like,
0: about the Fireball. It's a cinnamon.
1: I, yeah, I don't like like what are the hot tamales and stuff. Uh-huh. Like, never really ever been a fan of them.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's too bad. See, I like cinnamon. So yeah, that's why I like. Where it comes Ollie from. will have almost any other type of alcohol
1: mm-hmm. if I if if it's available. Well,
0: see, the thing to me is I don't like Fireball shots. Shots yeah. of it, I'm like, no thanks. But mixed in stuff. Yeah, it's awesome because it just adds cinnamon to whatever you're eating or drinking. And that's exactly what I don't want. Okay,
1: (laughs) you know, it's another another side thing about I don't like ginger. You can make. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I don't like ginger. ginger. I don't. Yeah, (laughs) I don't like ginger straight up. Okay. Like to me, it's one of those extremely overpowering things. Totally. Um, I don't mind ginger ale. I don't mind ginger beer. I Mm -hmm. don't mind. You know. Uh, things like that. But I will like if it, when it comes out with sushi, I don't mm. even, like. I mm. just take the wasabi.
0: Oh uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> you're just you're weird like that. So I know. Um, we also challenged the Wheeling Wine and Whiskey guys to a uh, hot sauce competition. Yeah, yeah we did. And so far, one of them has backed out. So <laughs> so does well, that mean you can back out? So yes. That means I can now back out right, and you so and Chris it... can challenge each other and Jason and I will cower in the corner.
1: I thought Jason was the one that liked hot sauces. No. Oh, okay. He
0: is a wuss when it comes right, to hot sauces, Chris, apparently just like me. Let's so, do it.
1: Um, so I, I just th- got, um, I just ordered a hot sauce and I got it in one? the other day. No. Um, and it's called Da Bomb.
0: Da Bomb.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it is by far the hottest hot sauce I've ever had. Oh, really? Yeah. And I have like in my shelf. I have some extremely hot hot sauces. Yeah, you do. And um, <laughs> I got, I took one drop of this thing, uh-huh. and I that was the hottest thing I think I've ever eaten. Wow. Yeah. And it's funny because I'll watch uh, a YouTube channel, and it has mm-hmm. this is on that YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and it's like ranked number th- um, seven out of ten. <laughs> and I have there, I have the ten out of ten in my uh-huh. shelf. And I just got that this one da Bomb, the seven, 7 out, of 10, out of ten, and I think it's hotter. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. And so I'm really intimidated by it. So, <laughs>
0: so it's going to last you 50 years.
1: Yeah. So That's... Chris, let's uh get uh, some da Bomb and let's uh let's have a, some fun.
0: Well, he's already had one near death experience. Let's give him another one. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, it'll be fun. We're planning on getting together with those guys over summer and doing a couple wheeling trips with them. So and then we'll record um, on site. From our wheeling campsites is a couple of the ideas here. So um, we'll have to do a hot sauce competition. Uh, on one of those trips oh, yeah. for everybody. So it'll be, it'll be highly entertaining, I assume. Oh yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> so cool. Um, and speaking of wheeling trips, we have a great interview for you guys today. Uh, it is with a couple of weirdos that drive, um, Land Rovers of all things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we actually went out to a really fun place, uh, that's local to us called a beer garden, Catherine's beer garden to be exact. And, um, Shout out to Catherine's Beer Garden. They were hilarious when we showed up and started setting up all the recording equipment yeah. out, outside in the patio area. Yeah. Um, they came out and they were like, what is this? What are you guys doing? And all this other, and they were super intrigued by it. So, yeah. um, we may have a couple of new listeners, um, to the podcast. Yeah. Well,
1: the, the main bartender guy was, he, he drove a Jeep. Yeah, that's right. JK. We, were,
0: we, we took, kept telling him we were going to lift his Jeep there in the parking lot. He's like, let's do it. Let's do it. How much <laughs> do I got to pay? Um, no. So uh, we have a great interview today. It's with the Landover guys. So um, we'll take a quick break. Let you guys uh, take a sip of your Starbucks if you're driving to work, driving home, whatever you're doing, or uh, take a bathroom break if you're um, doing other things. So we'll be right back after this break with our fun campfire discussion today with some knuckleheads all right welcome back everybody to today's campfire discussion Uh, we have some fun guests in the studio today and this is actually an interesting studio uh, Jimmy, since <laughs> since we kind of went on location here for the main topic, the discussion here today. Yeah, we're not in we, the
1: back of the Tacoma.
0: We're not in the back of the Tacoma, which is awesome. We're on site somewhere, but not in the Tacoma. So it's a little more cozy out here, I guess. Yep. Um, where are we? I don't know. You don't know? <laughs>
1: what <laughs> is the name of this place? What is, what is our... <laughs> I know what it is. It's a German like brew house style setup. What is it? Kristen's? Catherine's garden. Catherine's
0: garden. Yeah, and we're in, actually, we're in Rockland right yeah. now. Yeah. Nice. So, um, yeah, that's cool. We're over in Rockland at a beer garden, which is mm-hmm. awesome. We've been hanging out with a couple of our guests for today. And um, so, without further ado, let's kind of introduce them, and you guys get to learn what these two kind of crazy knuckleheads are doing here on the show. Um, so, we're going to start off with uh, a really cool guy. His name is Don. Uh, Don, hi, how are you? I'm doing good. You're doing good? Yeah. Nice. Having a good time today?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't go far look. wrong when you're in a German beer garden.
0: Yeah, I was looking at your eyeball and your pretzel you had earlier that you, you were finishing up when I showed up. It looked pretty nice. You, exactly. <laughs>
2: yes.
0: Uh, very cool. So, Don, um, what kind of vehicle do you drive? Because, you know, we love Toyotas on this show. But there's another vehicle that I think that we're kind of partial to just because, you know, it's the other off-roading vehicle that's not a Jeep that we can get along yeah. with. So,
2: Well, it's kind of the opposite of a Toyota in it, a lot of ways. It is. True. Uh, so, yeah, we're Land Rover people over here. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Very so, cool. So, uh,
2: today I'm driving the LR3, but uh, my main vehicle is a Discovery 1.
0: Disco 1. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really look very much like a disco it one doesn't. anymore. Most so. people
2: actually, at a glance, confuse it with a, an early Bronco. Or I've had people call it a Nizuzu. I
1: don't or know. How about an international stout, or a scout? Or
2: uh, scout? Yeah, people definitely? have called it that on yeah. occasion. So yeah, it's a chop top. <laughs> so as a, uh, it's just a, a cage and a, and a bikini top, basically, and nice. without that distinctive stepped roof. Uh-huh. It uh, A lot of people don't realize what it is. <laughs>
0: nice. Um, so, cool. So, you have a Chop Top Disco One.
2: What size tires are you running on that thing? So, that's running 37 1250s. Okay. Yeah. Nice choice. Which tire? Uh, I'm running Pitbulls. The PBRs. Oh, yeah. We were Pitbull having Rockers. a little discussion about those beforehand. How do you like those? I uh, I love it. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs yeah. way up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. They've been good in the rocks. They've been good in the snow. Uh-huh. They've been good in the, the limited amount of mud that I've done. I generally, I'm not a mud guy. I'm not into the cleanup. Hey, high five. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We are
0: definitely not mud guys either. We 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 understand the allure when you're in it, but.
2: No, we we like working on our rigs too much to. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have to admit, because I'm running a fifteen in a fifteen by ten wheel, mm-hmm. so there's not that many guys still making fifteen inch thirty sevens.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that yeah. one. I just was looking around um, last year for new tires for the Forerunner, and there's only three options in a thirty seven inch by fifteen inch rim. Yeah, I mean you so, got Interco
2: and Pitbull, yeah. and it gets hard to find something.
0: Yeah. So that's cool. Um, so we got a, a Disco One Chop Top on thirty sevens, Pit Bulls. Um, really cool looking rig. Um, yeah, it's nice. a nice cherry red um, in the in the sunlight. <laughs> um, so we have another guest here with Don. Uh, his name is Greg. Greg, or as some of you guys may know him, if you follow any of the Land Rover crowd on Instagram, as Jeff Rover. Yeah. So, uh, Greg, what are you driving out there?
3: I have a '95 Range Rover Classic short wheelbase because there's a couple versions of that, so that's why I have a all black. Kind of hard to miss it.
0: Yeah. Nice. Well,
1: I was sorry to intervene. I just. <laughs> how did the name Jeff Rover come about?
2: That's, that's what a, I want to know.
3: Question. So I'm one of your uh, your veteran listeners. And when I joined the, uh, the military, my last name happens to be a Jethro character from the Beverly Hillbillies. So, uh, that has stuck. Okay. So, I joined the military, and, and then Bodine is the last name. They called me Jethro ever since then. So, everyone's always called me Jethro. So, then when they kind of Land over, it just kind of stuck.
1: Nice. Perfect. All right. I've always wondered that myself. Yeah. How did, how did we go from Greg to Jethro?
3: Yeah. <laughs> so, Jethro it. was the nickname that I used to go by all the time.
0: All right. So, you got a, a black disco one, not black, a chop top. Black cool. Range Rover Classic. Oh, classic. Okay.
3: Yep. Cool. Black Range Rover Classic, no chop top on it. What size tires? So, they're currently the 35-inch Nido Terra mm-hmm. Grappler, Mud Grappler things. Yep. And they are so loud. But um, I, I have ordered a set of the the, the PBR tires that I was... um. So kind enough to convince Don to buy. I decided to go and buy them myself. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see when they arrive. I have no shipping notice yet. So it's kind of like fingers crossed they actually show up one day. Yeah, someday soon. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. That's cool. So you guys are
0: Land Rover guys. Um, which kind of gets into you know why are you guys showing up here on a Toyota show? Which that is, is the question, isn't it? It's
3: always yeah. a good question we have. I do, for people. I do have Toyota axles though, kind oh of that kind of you are like
2: you are like guess, half Toyota. I have a, a there are Toyota parts. Yeah, my front uh, CVs are Toyota.
3: Nice. There's so built so we're not too far off though.
0: We're right? not too far off, and see that's why that's why we kind of like you guys because you you do come over to the good side every now and then. So well, the key is. <laughs> Different. The different <laughs> is good. Yeah. Um, so cool. So you guys are here on the show because you guys have a really cool event coming up. Um, you know, there's a lot of events that go through the Rubicon. You've got uh, Jeepers Jamboree. You've got Rubathon. You got Marlin Crawler Roundup. You got all these different kinds of events that are kind of centric and, and um, circled and based around a particular type of vehicle. Um, are there any Land Rover events? That that go through the Rubicon, have a good time. That are kind of like, hey, let's all get the, all the Land Rovers together and have a fun weekend.
2: Well, not until now. Not it's until now. You didn't that. I know that's a
0: crazy <laughs> how that happens that way, right?
2: Well, so a lot of the Land Rover crowd leads towards more of the overlanding set. Um, in our club in NorCal Land Rover. We were generally very overland oriented, uh, and, and you know, we've had guys that would run through the Rubicon and do more rock crawling. But in recent years, we've been going more and more that direction. Um, nice, that's the, a good direction to go. The club been growing up, bigger tires, bigger axles, yeah, know, things of that nature. As you do, yep. And uh, Greg here kind of came up with the idea. You know, as a club or just as individuals, you know, we'll go out two, three times a year and run through the con because it's in our backyard. Mm -hmm. And Greg thought it would be important to really try and get the, 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 the Rover brand out there more. Yeah. Because we haven't had it. And, you know, you see one here, one there, but we haven't had a dedicated event. And as the NorCal club, it's kind of our home turf. And, uh, we decided it was time to actually draw some attention to this get some rover people out there
1: no definitely I think you know you almost never run across a rover out on the Rubicon you'll see Samurais Jeeps Toyotas and things like that and I think uh, you know uh, early last year I think I saw a a discovery 2 or something along those lines and I think I said it to you Greg and I was like what there's a land rover out here what's it doing out this way and uh, you're like, yeah, we're out there all the time. What, like, what's the big deal? Yeah, so, I think I
2: was out four. I ran through like four times last year. Yeah, and so no, it's it's great
1: to have a diversity um, out there on the trail. But so when um, when is the event, and how how are you guys going to organize it, or how's it ran?
3: Uh, so this year we're we're kicking off on the, the last weekend in June. So twenty eighth through the thirtieth, we'll go through. Um, we're rallying some folks in the Thursday night at the 27th. So um, we we have a a fair number of people that have actually RSVP and that are coming from a distance. So uh, it's hard to start a Friday morning trail run if you're driving in from like Washington or Idaho. So we we're kind of organizing some folks to camp the night before. And uh, so we'll be down there at the Loon Lake uh, Spillway setting up shop. Uh, And and that's, that's the plan we're going to, we're head through to to Buckingham Lake and then we'll push onto the springs on Saturday night and, We've organized kind of a fun event there. And, and um, th- this time around, we're, we're more grassroots oriented, you know, kind of, we're not going with a, a, a big event where we're doing catering and that kind of thing. We're, but we're, we are organizing an official start, an official stop and kind of camp spots so that we can kind of get as many people together as we can. And, and the other thing we're trying to do is make sure that as we start off, we kind of, Organize the different rovers into specific groups and user capabilities, so that the groups that are going through are are good, and that the people that are coming from a distance are assured that they're uh, they're going to be supported. And if they run into breaks or challenges, they'll be around other people with similar rigs. That you know, typically when you go through. you know, quite a few Yoda guys, you're going through with some first gen or second gen, so you can share parts. You can kind of swap things. And that, that's kind of the same idea as here that we can organize like Don and I with the same similar rigs. or so guys that are coming through on Discovery yeah. 2 can share parts and go through together. But then we all end up at the same place at the same time.
0: It's kind of funny you mentioned that. When I go uh, wheeling with, you know, a couple of my different clubs, um, we'll organize groups by you know you've got the the 2 door jks you've got maybe the the toyotas we have a couple of them we're starting to grow in one of our clubs now and then uh, we'll put all the minivans together at the back. So <laughs> the JKUs.
2: <laughs> you <know> the JKU. <laughs>
3: yeah. And their wheelbase just gets them stuck on things that no one else does, oh, which makes, uh, yeah. makes it for fun as well. Yeah, so that's why we make sure to put the Toyotas in front of them
0: because we get up everything. And then once the JKs, the minivans come behind us, they get high centered on stuff. And we just pull them off. So <laughs> it works great. Um, no, that's cool. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, are you guys kind of limiting it to Land Rovers only? Or is it is it come one, come all? Have a great time.
3: I, I think the goal is to be Land Rover-centric. Obviously, it's Rubicon. You can't prohibits anybody from a, being there. But, yeah. Yeah. but the, the, the goal is to get Land Rover enthusiasts that are interested in the Rubicon because it's the world's most famous iconic trail. Absolutely. And then yeah. it's also very terrifying for many people, right? But they want to try it. They want to do it. They want to conquer it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you're going to do it, this is the time to come. Come with other people that know your rig or know how to drive yeah. your rig and you can follow other people's lines.
2: We've, we've encountered it before where new people... Uh, you know, I remember the first time I did. I did it with my LR3 and, um, uh, and I won't be doing that again. But, uh, uh, you, if you haven't run the Rubicon and you go looking online, you're gonna, uh, let's research this, see what we're gonna get into. And you find such a wide discrepancy. You find guys that, uh, you know, went out there completely unprepared and they come back with these horror stories and you're thought, you, you know, you think it's the, worst trail in the world and you need 40s and a full buggy to get through and then you get other guys that are like ah it's no big deal i blazed through it in three hours and you know i don't even slow down you know the guys that are on 40s and in buggies so if you're let's say if you're the average rover guy out there and you're on 32s or 33s it's a challenging trail to be sure um so you know we have some basic recommendations and we're saying, you know, a, a 32 inch tire, locked, armored, you know, a winch and solid bumpers and recovery points uh, and some basic suspension. But we're not saying you got to be a crazy built rock crawler. Yes. You know, you guys have done this. You know, mm-hmm. damage is possible, but we, uh, Common. we try to get people through without any <laughs> uh, locked. I'm sure somebody will break. I, we're only really asking you be locked at least in the rear. Mm-hmm. uh rovers uh, a little different than what you guys have any of the early stuff is going to have a, a locking center diff right but it's an option you, you can unlock it um so that's very different particularly to the jeep guys they're confused by that but <laughs> um like when we get into the disco twos or uh, some of the other transfer cases uh instead of the lt230 you right. would have the option so yes if you're in a disco two you should have your cdl um the plan is to get you through. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, for this run, staying with the older solid axle trucks. I'm not saying it's impossible. Obviously, I did it with a, a full independent truck with my LR3. But that's challenging. Uh, if we have enough interest with people that want to run LR3s, 4s, late model Range Rovers, they want to do something, we might do an out-and-back later, uh, do an organized event just for those guys. Um, but it's a lot of work to get what of those trucks. I
3: mean, you though? guys have seen some of the the Tacoma's that come through there. Independent mm-hmm. front suspension, it's definitely possible. Yeah, they're they're wider. their Their breakover clearance is different. Yeah, breakover so th- in they, particular. They end up having to winch off of things that other vehicles don't winch off of, and so it's if you're going to run a group of people through, it's hard to maintain speed and get people through, and, and make sure everyone's having a good time. If you got. Right. That one truck that needs so much more attention at every office go or in the minivan as you referenced earlier, that yeah, it becomes a minivan group essentially, right? So if we have enough minivan enthusiasts, we will we'll we'll break off for them as well, right? And you never really want to be that person. That's that's the first thing I learned when I got out there was like. The shame in the uh, of having to stop the flow of traffic is is the worst on the Rubicon. Yeah. I mean, it is uh, it is so bad. It's it's okay to break, but just break off to the side. Yeah, yeah. If you do break, you do your best to get off the trail, kind
0: of yeah. thing. But nice. So, um, so you are going to kind of limit it to the the limiting characteristics are thirty twos, thirty threes, a rear locker, solid axle front rear. So, essentially, kind of your disco one, two,
3: crowds. um, Defenders fit in there as well. We actually have quite a few uh, series Land Rover trucks interested, which if you're not too into Land Rovers, that's something to go look up because those are some really old, really cool trucks. Those are like leaf sprung Nice. Uh, you know, and, right up my alley. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they are actually on a Salisbury axle, which is neat, too, because it's, it's a metric version of a Dana 60. So, oh, really interesting okay. kind of, like, designs there. But mm-hmm. So, those will be some really capable rigs that you won't necessarily identify from a distance. Nice. So, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, so, the event is June 28th,
0: twenty nine, and 30th. Um, coming up here at the end of the month, this episode is going to be launching here... On June thirteenth, so you guys will have roughly two weeks to register. Um, is there a registration process? Are you
3: guys limiting registration? We have a, a website ro- rovicon.org and we're uh, we're asking you to sign up just so we know to keep an eye out for you. Cool. There's no uh, fees or anything like that. Nice. There there is the. There is the charge for the Rubicon Springs, which is a private campground, right? So they, yep. we do have to cover costs there, and and we are asking you bring fifteen dollars for yourself and pay on your own and Just make sure that's um, cash. They don't take any the else yeah. there. <laughs> there's no, there's no, uh, <laughs> but, uh, and you know, as, as you guys know well, there's no, intru- there's no internet, cell phone service, yeah. or anything like that. So you. You'll have to have your, your comms yeah, set our, up to get up there. Some of our yeah. East
2: Coast uh, friends were kind of surprised by that, actually. Oh, really? They, the- <laughs> don't, they have a different concept of things back there. They do.
0: It's a little flatter with the the Appalachians, as yeah. they're called. So, um, yeah. So, that's uh, interesting, uh, cool stuff. We're going to be out there June 28th, 29th, 30th. My club is actually going to be running that same time. So, I'll be out at the trail the same time as you guys, and I'll be intermingling kind of both with both groups here and i believe jimmy has something going on on the trail too for that weekend yeah
1: i'm actually i am host, or i am officiating a wedding that saturday <laughs> <laughs> um and we are wheeling the rubicon oh, i think wednesday thursday friday before the wedding
3: Wow, Rubicon hopefully, into and the hopefully US we get church, back. into the chapel, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and hopefully
0: we make it back in time.
3: There is a helicopter service that might be able to pick you up. If it, worst goes case wrong. scenario, yeah.
0: no, definitely. Yeah.
3: Nice. So yeah, we'll all be out on the trail there. Um, we will we will be on our, our traditional ham signal of dot for people coming okay. in, plus the Rubicon repeater eight oh five. So nice. Um, we're encouraging people that aren't familiar with him to get up to speed on that because we we do promote that. It's, it's really necessary with the high altitude, and you know, as you guys have mm-hmm. seen, he doesn't go much further than what you can see. Don't, yeah, don't we need there.
1: another number? One four six dot zero. 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 do we need exactly. not need to claim zero? Is it's, it just assumed? It's assumed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah we'll, we'll have the uh, we'll have the one, <laughs> the right. two,
3: the three, and the four for. Um, you know, as we break off into different groups. Sure. So we'll, we'll have that for right. sure. Nice.
0: Um, yeah, the other one that if you are ham radio operator listening um, and you're kind of traveling in through the area to the spot uh, up to the Rubicon, but you're not quite up into El Dorado County yet, maybe. Um, N6 ICW Repeater is another one that, that just blasts almost all of NorCal. So um, you can get in touch with people on there too. So great yeah. program.
1: um i got a question if before okay. we end up um so i'm not uh, as familiar with rovers as you gentlemen are um what would be your dream build of a rover if you could build one
3: that's a good question so i uh, i'm challenging daily with whether or not to do this or not so <laughs> it is uh, a series two 1965 the five door um so the the predecessor to the, the current defender, um, but the 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 headlights are a center line so that you can have the longer the larger fender openings, and those were also leaf sprung and they came with uh, the, the Salisbury axle setup. So you can do a spring over on those, and you can pretty easily fit a forty inch tire with. Very minimal adjustments. Um, so that's the challenge. It, that's what I know, like to do. If yeah. you want to know what that is, look up Tim Cooper. There's a, there's a gentleman named Tim Cooper. You, you can find some pretty interesting builds from him on Instagram and uh, in Google. But, so, uh, yeah, he
2: used to be local here. He was, he used I to be think, local. in Placerville, and uh, he's in the Northwest now. Okay. But um, he does very, some uh, very, very nice Builds uh, based on the, on the series trucks, nice. and that would be nice. He does uh, some 109 pickups, so 109 inch wheelbase, and uh, that's the thing with the series or the Defender trucks. They're they're highly modular. So, do you want it to be a a five door? Do you want it to be a pickup truck or whatever? Just unbolt the parts and bolt onto the other parts. <laughs> effectively, nice. uh, it was the original JK. So, <laughs> Essentially,
3: yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Everything's riveted together. You just it. it's like yeah. Legos for cars, is what it's yeah. commonly referred nice. to as. So,
2: yeah. As far as myself, that would be real high on the list. I'd love to do a Series Two build, but more realistically, I have a one of my Range Rover classics. I've been kind of keeping in reserve with the idea of building a truggy out of it, doing a tray back. So uh, there's a a guy in in the UK who sells kits to uh, build a pickup out of one, basically. And um, so basically a fiberglass back uh, on the Range Rover classic, all the body parts bolts on. So you can unbolt the roof. You can unbolt all the fenders. Everything unbolts makes it an easy job. But nice. uh, that's crazy. I'd like to probably take that truck, uh, chop it off, make it into a tray back that eliminates all my fender clearance problems in the back that would be on probably a 60 and a 14-bolt coil-overs and 40s. Uh, who knows? That's down yeah. the road.
0: Nice. That's cool. So, um, uh, I had another... Oh, how did... Uh, we'll start with you, Greg, on this question here. How did you get into off-roading? Like, what, what got you? What inspired you to get into off-roading and, and kind of go down this this addictive path of emptying our wallets for to go as slow as possible yeah. over rocks
2: that's the, the,
3: into the snail trail sticker there right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. going slow is the is his model so uh, the, i think there was a reference earlier to international scout but uh, growing up my family owned a, uh international scout and we used to go up into the sierras and then uh um which is now called dispersed camping and we, we that's what we ended up doing and running trails and fishing and um and it was great i really liked it and uh, as we grew as i grew up um I stumbled across one late night on this thing called uh, ABC's Wide World of Sports, which you know doesn't exist anymore. But there was this thing called the Camel Trophy Series, and I got a chance to check out all these uh, Land Rovers, you know, competing internationally through this like ridiculous course that didn't exist of a road. And I thought, you know, one day I want to do that. And uh, so the combination of the two has led me kind of where I am at the moment. So you didn't start off with a rover though. No, I well, I started off as a passenger in the back seat of an International Scout, which, right? Yeah, uh, and then my first off-road vehicle was uh, a Rover, and that and that wasn't by intention because I, I had drawn to the brand as a kid and
2: right. seeing the, the the show. So, gotcha. So I, I'm relatively new to it. I only started wheeling in 2009, I guess. Um. And I started with a Rover. Uh, I'm from the Midwest originally, and I'm just drawn to the unusual in general. So, you know, I grew up, first started, I drag raced to Ford when everybody else was running Chevys. And then I started road racing an Alfa Romeo in the Midwest where most people had never even heard of the brand and you had to drive eight hours to get to a racetrack. And, so you've uh, always been the oddball out. Yeah, pretty All much. Right. <laughs> I always go to something that's unusual. But um, I can remember... Boy, back when I lived in Indiana, so this would have been in the 80s, would have been a Discovery One just based on the year. But I remember seeing a Discovery Park that I used to drive past on my way to work. And it's an iconic image. Everybody recognizes that silhouette. And um, I knew what it was for some reason, just because, I don't know, I read all the magazines or whatever. Um, so I actually... Uh, Years ago, here I started looking for my first four wheel drive to play with, and, I, and I've always kind of had a, a a want for something like that, but never had one because I was always going fast and turning corners. But um, I started off thinking, well, you know, maybe I'll just get a I'll just get an XJ, something cheap. And, you know, $3,000 or just get something to play with. It. And I drove a couple and went, wow, that sucks. No. <laughs> and, uh, I, I did. I confess. Oh, my friends are going to give me grief. I looked at a taco. Nice. <laughs> Very briefly. At a I boy. Uh, <laughs> you still have the uh, front axle, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that didn't happen. Um, and uh, I remember looking at a, a TJ... And it was actually on a used car lot in Sacramento. And the guy, like, did, did everything he could to not sell it. He was like, <laughs> you had to, like, hit him over the head of the brick to get him to give you the keys to unlock the thing. Wow. And I was like, wow, you suck. Never mind. You know, the Rover shop's just down the road. Nilo is just down the road here. Let's go stop in there. And, uh-huh. you know, maybe we'll look at an LR3. And the wife was with me. And she liked that idea because that's a much nicer, newer car. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh I'd done a little bit of research about the LR threes and um, I knew enough to know that you had, if you wanted a factory rear locker, you had to have the HD package, the heavy duty package. And not many of them had that. And they had one LR three on the lot. They had just taken it in on trade. It was actually up on the lift, getting its, its inspection and everything done. You know, they hadn't even put it up for sale officially. And I, I cracked, well, you know, if it had the heavy duty package, we'd take it. And the guy's like, Oh yeah. I'm like, well, I, Guess we'll have it then. So nice. That was the first that worked driver. out
0: perfectly then. <laughs>
2: that's, that's the one sitting in the parking lot now. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nothing like it started off as. It was a nice, a nice unmolested vehicle when I bought it.
0: <laughs> nice. Very cool. So, um, so we have, we have. You know where you guys kind of started, where your background started from wheeling, um, what you guys are driving now. So if money was no option, and you could have. Any vehicle in the world, not just an off-roading vehicle, it can definitely be an off-roading vehicle
2: too, but if you money was no option, any vehicle in the world, what would it be Don? There, there's there's no end to that it's just that would just that would go on so wow, <laughs> so many options uh, as an alpha Romeo guy, I'd have an alpha type 33 stardale, which is going to be really obscure, and no one knows what that is. I would do a GT40. But I would do a replica, one of the late model super accurate replicas, because I would butcher it. It would have a all-aluminum stroker Windsor with twin turbos. Uh, so I wouldn't do that to an original car. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> yeah. why not? Uh, you know, there would be all sorts of things. I'd probably do like a legacy power wagon. Um, I would do a cab over a vintage truck on a late model chassis done kind of hot rod style. Uh-huh. Uh, there's, It goes on. That's you know I I spend a lot of time in traffic driving so I have time to daydream and just yeah. you know I hear you on that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um, so cool
3: same question Greg I'd probably go to the original Gladiator the Defender one thirty okay the original quad cab truck bed you okay know? and I and I would uh, you know kind of do a resto mod so I would not be afraid to drive it in you know bumping into manzanita bushes as you yeah. guys know well oh yeah.
0: The but, uh, the high
3: Sierra pinstriping is yes. what I like to call them. So it's real, but that's oh, it's uh, totally real. You know, that's a practical <laughs> bring the wife and kids and throw a bunch of gear in the back and kind of go mm-hmm. for a weekend. And, and then I would I would probably repower it with something a little bit more modern than the two hundred TDI engine, something that Okay. Maybe even LS or Cummings two point eight something. The R two point eight, the R two point eight is pretty impressive. We,
0: we got it. That thing. So I keep hearing mixed reviews, and that. I haven't looked it up. Is that smog legal in California or not?
2: It will not be. It is. It's not <laughs> for. <400 laughs> there we go. So, <laughs> but not if you're OBD two. Uh, it's okay. only legal for OBD one and earlier. I believe I, so. Pre ninety six.
3: Yeah, but I don't yeah. think they even got approval in California. But but here the, here is the California approval way to do this, right? Officially, if you have a diesel vehicle that's uh-huh. pre-96, mm-hmm. then you are not part of the smog process as a diesel vehicle. So True. then you are fair to swap that as your what diesel if we're, What if we're a gas engine vehicle trying to swap over to the R2.8? then you should probably move to Nevada. <laughs> and that's not far away from here. It's that's like true. An,
0: I mean it's like an hour. I have a lot yeah. of buddies um that have moved over to Gardnerville. I think we've talked about this on a previous episode. Um and Gardnerville's literally like just outside of South Lake Tahoe. So Great Hot Springs um, up there. There is very nice hot springs. There's also awesome hot springs in Sierraville if you don't know if you've been up yeah. there yeah. during yeah. winter time. So um very cool so money was no option we got some good uh um good good choices there so i have some uh good uh some fun kind of rapid fire questions for you guys oh okay. i'm not gonna be good so, at this oh don't worry everybody's fantastic at these <laughs> um so the first one we'll start off with uh greg here toilet paper over or under over over okay um let's see uh Dawn. Um, no, I had an answer for that one. Oh you do have an answer?
2: <laughs> Too bad. Um do you prefer mountains or beaches? Mountains. Mountains. Which is bad since I work in the boating industry.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say you spend a lot of time near the ocean, so um probably why I like the mountains. <laughs> yeah, I know right. <laughs> um Greg, pie or cake? Uh cake. Cake? Okay. Um, Don, what's your favorite flavor ice cream?
2: Oh, this is so embarrassing. I like a good vanilla ice cream. Oh, homemade was, vanilla ice cream. I feel like was, I could
0: have called that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the guy that likes me be uh, them
3: out is going with vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> not, not like off the rack vanilla. It's got to be homemade.
0: Okay. So, homemade... I will admit, homemade vanilla ice cream is pretty fantastic. Um. So, let's see here. I have a couple would-you-rathers, so we'll start off with Greg here. Would you rather know the history of every object you touch or be able to talk to animals? I talk to animals. You talk to animals? You don't care about the (laughs) historical history? No, I would go the other way. Really? Yeah. Ah, Interesting. Why? So, I'm
2: curious. Why would you go the other way? I don't. I'm not particularly an animal person. Okay. Although, I understand we're going to have some cats soon. The wife has is that informed me that we're getting you, two cats. I, <laughs> you've I don't been know. told you're having cats. Soon. Yes. Nice. Uh, okay. Um,
0: Don, would you be? Would you rather be married to a ten with a bad personality or a six with an amazing personality? I got to take option number two option number two six i'm that's that's far safer oh yeah i'm old enough to know better (laughs) yeah uh greg would you rather have all traffic lights you approach
3: be green or never have to stand in a line again green go green green. really you don't mind lines lines don't bother me but the traffic lights drive me insane really (laughs) are you the kind of guy that like pulls up and as a light turns yellow you just start going crazy in your car yeah, I have a hard time with stopping at yellow. Lights.
2: <laughs> so that's probably my first problem. <laughs> not not just because the brakes don't work, right?
3: No, the oh, brakes good. the brakes on rovers are are not good anyway. So if it's yellow, I'm definitely going through nice. on a rover. Let's... I do I do the same thing, but yeah. it doesn't really just get up and go. I just kind of coast through, and I'm like, hopefully, it doesn't turn red on me. We'll see. When you uh, when you have brakes that were designed for a 29-inch tire and you have 35s or 37s on them, you are, you're kind of running thin on lines. There. Yeah. have you? Is there anything to
0: upgrade, like, brake boosters on those or any options? Cause I know Toyotas, the best yeah. thing for, like, mini trucks, 1st turn 4Runner, second chance is to upgrade to the T100 brake booster, which is the first, essentially the
3: original Tundras. Um, what do you lots guys have options. for options lot, there? Lots of options. You know, the Defenders are so... Uh, modified nowadays especially the the original ones right so they they have ls swaps in them and you start putting LS, in there that's a lot 405 horsepower in a car that originally came out with 150 so there's a lot of brake
2: modifications there's, to support those yeah. well, I, I mean I've got hydro boost on one of my classics okay um, it, there's things you can do uh particularly like Greg was saying with the defender because it's had such a long uh a long product span okay. but uh most guys aren't doing too much with it. They're uh, they're going along. They're they're, they're okay. going slow. Yeah. You know. They're going slow. We're, so going not-, slow. <laughs> We're not known for yeah. high <laughs> horsepower vehicles. We're not. Actually, uh, if you got no going budget <laughs> yeah. building
3: your Defender with an LS swap? Then you sure looking at a Willwood like brake conversion or you know one of those kind yeah, of, type yeah. of things. Oh yeah. Um, there's actually a a local group. I can't remember the name of them now. Um, a, a brothers organization that does. Um, disc brake conversions for the really old Land Rover series trucks. Okay. To get them oh. away from
2: the drums. Um, Tim Cooper does that. Yeah, yeah. He does he's, uh, he's a disc brake conversion for the for the Salisbury axle. That's nice. his own design. Nice, pretty um, slick setup.
0: Cool. So we'll go back to Dawn on this one. Would you rather give up all drinks except for water, or give up eating anything that was cooked in an oven?
2: Wow. So I never drink one. water. That's really? a tough call. That's <laughs> why we're at the beer garden tonight. <laughs> does, does a mic- can I still use a microwave? If I can, I'm set. I'm good. That's a good <laughs> question. I don't know if microwave would be considered an oven. A microwave I mean, oven. Microwave
0: oven. <laughs> microwave oven. We're going to I have to get that, out you the you microwave. They're going to be trouble
2: because I don't cook. I'm You're not a food gonna- <laughs> guy. I have an oven. It's used to warm up frozen pizzas. That's about all.
3: Nice. Okay. Don, Don has invited me to his house to barbecue before are you barbecuing? It's, I am barbecuing. You're barbecuing. Yes. <laughs> At Don's house. I have a grill. Would you like to use it for me? Come on, let's barbecue. I mean, like, can you actually cook the food, too, when you come over? That's
0: awesome. Uh, Greg, here's a good one for you. Would you rather be able to see 10 minutes into your own future or 10 minutes into the future of anyone but yourself? I'd go but myself. But yourself? Yeah. You're just kind of like that guy. Now, would you warn people
3: about their their 10 minutes into their future? No, I think I'd alter my own objectives or change you- my <laughs> own trajectory based on what I was looking at. But uh nice. no, I don't want to see what's ahead of me. Like I don't know what's around the next corner. But other people I'm fine with. So you you live in the moment quite a bit. Very. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. Very cool. I I heard that you do, especially when you get backed into on snow
0: runs. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And then this is going to be the last one for each of you. Um, I think it's going to be a good one to kind of close out on. It's going to tell you guys, uh, our listeners kind of a lot, I think about you guys. Um, Would you rather have an easy job working for uh, someone else or work for yourself, but work incredibly hard? Greg.
3: I have a mix of both. So, uh-huh. I, uh, I, I get a toe the line between both of those in yeah. my current profession. So, I, and I'm, I'm happy with that. I, uh, well, it doesn't I, necessarily need to be your current profession. Well, I, I, preferably it would be my own thing and running okay. my own thing. Uh-huh. I, I enjoy the the risk and reward yeah. aspect of it. So, you I like know. high risk, high reward kind of scenarios yes. and stuff yes. a lot. Living in the moment, baby. Yes, exactly. Well, so- I'm
2: mm-hmm. self-employed myself. So, that kind of leans to... One direction there. Um, yeah. Anybody who is self-employed knows, you know that there is no forty-hour week. There is no, no five days a week thing. You uh, you are at the beck and call of the customer. Yep. You know it's so. I'm lucky enough to be established to the point where mm-hmm. I don't have to kill myself constantly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's still uh, that's just the nature of the beast. Yep. You gotta you gotta hustle to make a living absolutely That's, i have yet to uh cash in that uh that trust fund for some reason i don't know why yeah. why well, hasn't arrived in the mail yet. yeah
0: <laughs> so waiting on
2: that winning lottery ticket i know it's coming anytime as soon as i buy it
0: well i've heard some guys like to come over and barbecue for you know 20 30 bucks at a time so we <laughs> <laughs> um so cool! No, this has been awesome. This has been a lot of fun. Um, I it's I think the it's going to be a good show here. I think people are going to really like I'm, and enjoy I'm everything. To the
2: point, there's been a lack of Rover or Toyota cracks made. It's you know no no comments about breaking down on the trail, and I've yet to make a bland uh, uh, joke I, about it. I think, that. I think <laughs> Tyler mentioned the fact that he had to pull me out of the snow a couple of times <laughs> so, I, without actually
3: calling me out, saying so. That that's a uh, that's a fair comment there. I didn't know rovers actually broke down. Well, we well, sometimes don't start. So that's, <laughs> I, mean, that's, I mean, so I, you can go that direction. I was, direction. To, I like was it. giving
2: you guys the benefit of the doubt here. <laughs> I will say my old Disco One doesn't have any oil leaks. And I've heard stories about your oil leaks. I Hey, no, it's I not an know. oil
0: leak. It's just marking its territory. Okay, yeah, guys? Yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's
3: what I love about this podcast. You remind me that not all Toyota people are, you know. Perfect. Toyotas aren't perfect. Yeah, that... Toyota, I
0: will tell you right now, I I think we talked a little bit... Well, you're going to hear a little bit about this, I guess, on Episode 10 as we get out. This is going to come out on Episode uh, 7 here, this interview. Uh, But on Episode 10, we talked a a little bit with a special guest. And um, we talked about there's there's a shift more... Not necessarily so much between different brands nowadays. But I feel like the shift is more between old school versus new school. Sure. And so yeah. um, you definitely see more of the the old school kind of guys um, out there, the CJs and the mini trucks and the, the Range Rover Classics, Disco One. So um, that, you know, get off the trail using whatever you got. If you have to get off the trail using bailing wire and zip ties, that's how you do it kind of thing. Um that's
3: in my Amazon shopping cart. That's it. Right
0: it's a, it's on auto order. <laughs> yeah,
3: I need to buy
2: that before the Robicon comes around. That with the emergency tape for yeah. the brakes and the, the cooling hoses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, Absolutely. I'm sure we'll have some breakage on this, this event. And that's part of it. You, you expect that. You plan for it and you deal with it. I've, I, I mean, I knocked a hole in a transmission on Big Sluice and it was kind of like, ah, eh, no big deal. Yeah, you know, we fixed that. A little uh JV Weld, a little bit of RTV, kept going. It was all
3: good. It's still there. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It doesn't leak. It's just a crack. It didn't Have you <laughs> have you warned
2: RTF that you're gonna need a bunch of spill kits? We have spill kits, as a matter of fact. Oh yeah. Uh as a club, Are we actually in Amazon uh, order too? have given those out. Oh yeah. But uh uh Yes, we are aware of that.
3: Well, we'll keep them as part of the the group orders as they go out in groups of five and six. Yeah. <laughs> that the last person in line gets to carry the the, the spill kit, the sweep, the sweeper. The sweep, I mean, you, you know, know rovers. We actually have a, a, our club to, as we meet. Like we have a, you know, it's all in Northern California, so we have. Group in Sacramento area. We have a group in the, in the Bay Area, which also spans Northern Bay and Southern Bay. And okay. we, so we have a monthly drip in the dirt, which is what we call it. Which is like a get together like this in a beer garden where we we plan <laughs> events, <laughs> nice talk about what you're working on, and uh-huh. then, um, you know help each other scramble for parts. And, yeah. Uh, so, drip in the dirt is it, fitting, and we'll so we'll bring that to the group to the Rubicon as well. Nice. As we, we pull up camp. Yeah. We'll, we'll set up a trip yeah. in the dirt. Hey, okay, I was gonna say, are you guys gonna set up a welder
2: in the the repair area in the springs? <laughs> I'm hoping not to. <laughs> not I'm not saying we haven't uh, had to borrow a welder uh, maybe one time. Although uh-huh. although those were Jeep axles that broke. Yeah, yes, th- ah, they were. <laughs> yeah. They were. They were Jeep axles. Uh, Passenger side
3: drops. Was or, a 44 out of a waggy. You yeah. Know? nice i i you know i really do like that premier welder setup i'm not a mm-hmm. welder but man i think that would be a really cool thing to buy And like i i wheel with a few guys that have the premier ready the premier welders on their rigs and
0: they keep trying to talk me into it they're like even if you don't know how to weld somebody on the trail is gonna That's know how I to weld too. yeah and having that premier welder will get you off the trail because somebody's gonna come by they're eventually pretty, pretty sweet in that him, case so.
2: uh that was a uh, kind of an interesting truck that that's a, a logo of guy. He has a uh, old series body on a Disco one chassis. In this case, running the uh, four liter V eight out of the Disco and uh, <laughs> Dana forty four is out of a I believe an early Wagoneer because they're uh, uh, passenger side drop. And uh, yeah, he, he, he ripped a bracket off. Uh,
0: uh,
3: okay,
2: and um, a JK that had a, a Premier power welder stopped by and let us uh, let us borrow that to make a fix. Yeah. Yeah, That's those are I awesome. Hope.
3: I would hope it would be more of like a you know good karma purchase versus I really need it myself. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've heard that uh plugging in your hair
0: straighteners to those things are not good, so don't let your wives do that. So, say, you
3: have a hair straightener? I, I do not. I don't know. We, we, so we, so we almost like, wow. all the time.
2: Okay, <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, that's a that's a uh, a, a story in and of itself. Back to a couple of trips, um, with one of my clubs where one of the wives put a sorry, it wasn't a hair straightener, it was um, a hair dryer. Plugged it into the the Premier, uh welder and blew out everything. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> so, um, so this has been cool. So, you guys, you keep mentioning your club. I don't know if we've actually mentioned the actual name of the club. What is it? Northern California Land Rover
3: Club or North Cal Rovers? Okay, so the Norcal Norcal Rovers. N-C-L-R-C.
2: N-C-L-R-C. Not North Cal You have to Cal be Line careful if you Google NCLR. Uh huh. You you get something weird. Uh, is not it like just googling us. snail trail because that's uh, we've I, been you'll, told you'll find like thing like to do? Too as well <laughs> something that isn't rover related. <laughs> okay. But yeah, nclr.org.org will or get NorCal you NorCalRovers.org. So the URL. Um, But yeah, if you just Google Northcalrovers, you'll find us. There's and then a bunch
3: rovicon. of rovicon.org is the URL for the, the actual event for the rovicon. Yeah, so
0: that's R O V as in Victor I C O N dot org. Rovicon <laughs> um, So. If you're planning on coming out, make sure that you, uh, at least sign up. So, um, there's no registration fee or anything. Just sign up so the guys know to look for you and don't, uh, just leave you out, um, with nobody to kind of go through the trail with. So, um, yeah, this is going to be a really fun event. I'm excited, um, to be out on the trail with you guys kind of at least part way through the day. Um, and, uh, really, if you're ever looking at, you know, going and traveling some of these iconic trails that we have in Northern California here, like, the Rubicon um, like Fordyce. There's a bunch of different events that go around. This is a great event to help you get through the Rubicon. If you're kind of timid about it, you're not quite sure what your vehicle's capabilities are. Um, chances are your vehicle will at least be able to make it to Buck Island. Um, after Buck Island, it gets a little interesting with Big Sluice and Cadillac Hill. But um, um, yeah, it's it's a really fun trip and they're going to be there. Like they said to make sure you guys get off the trail. I will be on the side of the trail pointing and laughing the whole time, but, no. <laughs> um, so this is cool. Check them out. The NorCal Land Rover club. Um, are you guys on, on Facebook, Instagram? What do you, yeah, you guys? All at? of those things. Yeah. Yes. All okay. those
2: things. Uh, so yeah.
0: Nice. So, and you guys have different, uh, geographic regions that people can join up with, um, so that they're kind of people in their area. Yeah. So it's all in yeah.
2: Northern California,
3: but we, we yeah, have. we
2: have, uh, members from Redding to Pismo, mm-hmm. but, uh, the bulk of our people are either in the Bay Area or Sacramento area. Okay. And most of our outings are kind of centered on that area. I mean, we do stuff from Baja to Oregon. Um, nice. You know, with everything from, you know, just weekend gatherings to, you know, week long overland trips to more crawling stuff like this. Uh, so a little bit of everything. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. So yeah,
0: if you guys what about um the, the NorCal peeps in Nevada or maybe Oregon or some kinda of in the surrounding states uh, of NorCal? We, like do you have limits on you have to be in NorCal no, or, no we have know?
2: at least one member who will be on this event with his defender. Nice. Uh he's in Reno. Um and I we may have a couple other guys some that are from Oregon, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, nice. it's nice in Nevada. Like yeah, Nevada's a not a lot going on in Nevada. it's pretty air, you know wide open space, so yeah if we to do, come <laughs> over from there and join us some events that were from yeah. the middle of Nevada. I didn't know that you know there was towns out there yeah out there. but uh, so now we we welcome all and and we've already had some some people coming from Oregon and Washington, and Idaho, and Utah for this so.
0: That'll be really cool
3: to catch up with um, the different kind of
0: Land Rovers across the country and see what people have done with them based on their geographic region, what kind of wheeling opportunities they have in their area. So, yeah. And then to see how their vehicles do going through the Rubicon as well. So um, that's going to be, I think, a really cool event. Um, like I said, I'm excited to get out there. Uh, Jimmy and I will be out on the trail. We'll definitely wave, say hi with you guys, hang out with you for a little bit for sure. Um, and so, yeah, check it out June 28th, 29th, 30th. Um, rovicon.org, Sign up there. Bring fifteen dollars cash for the Rubicon Springs camp area. Um, are you guys going to be staying over at Dirty Dozen or on the slabs or in the main area? Main area.
3: Main yeah. area.
2: That'd be in main area.
3: Nice. Yeah. We do have some um, unique event swag if you are coming on this trip. So if you bring some extra cash, if you want to buy, okay, like a first time shirt kind of thing, okay. commemorative thing. But otherwise, shirt patch, yeah, all that stuff, all that kind of nice swag stuff, but. Cool. Yeah, just to make it you know uh, more event oriented. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm
2: not saying it's a hundred percent, but pretty sure we've nailed down the beer sponsor too. Yeah. Ooh, awesome beer as well. that's all. That's like the most
0: important one yeah. you want to get nailed <laughs> down. So, um, very cool. That's awesome. Thanks a lot for coming on the show, guys, and telling us all about the Rovercon and Land Rovers and um, the classic uh, classic Range Rovers and all the discos and everything. fun, all the defenders. So um i'm a huge fan of square body vehicles and so i like hearing about what um other square body vehicles are doing so um with that you guys uh greg we'll start with you do you have any final words oh, thanks for having us on and keep moving slow awesome don any final words from you bud looking forward to seeing everybody out at rovicon awesome and jimmy mr jimmy jet any final words from you sir I think we should do more of these get-togethers at beer gardens. This is fun. I I agree. We need to do this more often. So, with that, my friends, have a great trip. We'll see you all out at Rovicon, and keep crawling.